0: From Arsenal Audible, this is the Arsenal Women's Weekly Wrap-Up. First, we're going to read a piece about Beth Mead's return to the WSL one year, to the day since her ACL rupture. Then we're going to read the match report of the Arsenal Women's WSL victory over West Ham United, and then their win in the Compi Cup over Southampton. We're going to look at the international duty that the women are on this week, uh, Beth Mead being one of those, along with 19 other Arsenal players traveling around for international duty, and then we're we'll going to hear from Serena Wiegman, the England coach, about Beth Mead's return to the Lioness' squad and, and what that means. We'll hear from Leah Walty, who talks about why she signed a new contract with Arsenal back in the spring at uh, 30 years old, an important decision for her. And then there's a little bit of transfer news as Arsenal are linked with yet another Australian soccer player, a Matilda. And then a long interview with Arsenal women legend Marianne Spacey-Kill by Tim Stillman for Arsblog News. My name is Nathan, and it's November 29th, 2023. When the Arsenal women played Brighton on November 19th, Jonas Eideval made some changes. One big change was that Beth Mead was in Arsenal women starting 11 for the first time since returning from injury. Beth Mead tore her ACL when the Arsenal women lost 3-1 to Manchester United at the Emirates on the 19th of November last year, her injury saw her miss the rest of the 2022-23 season. Jonas Eideval thought it was huge that Beth Mead made her first WSL start for Arsenal. For the 28-year-old, it's another step toward getting fully match fit again, made all the more fitting as her first start since her return was exactly one year to the day since she sustained her injury on the 19th of November, 2023. The lioness's forward has been getting better and trying to get back to match fitness for the last few seasons after her surgery last year, she still wasn't ready to be on the show at the start of the season. She did play again, though, on October 15th, when Arsenal played Villa. In fact, she came on as a late replacement and was very important to Arsenal's last-second comeback. Arsenal were down 1-0 in that game, but Katie McCabe and Alessio Russo scored two goals in the last few minutes to help them win 2-1. Meade had set up Russo's goal. Meade then played the last 24 minutes of the 2-1 win over Bristol, 31 minutes of the 2-1 win over Manchester City, and 24 minutes of the 6-2 win over Leicester. And then, She made her first WSL start against Brighton, in which she played 64 minutes. In her first start since her injury against the Seagulls, she narrowly missed scoring as her shot flew just a bit too high, and she was then substituted on the 60-minute mark. Today, I took the decision to take her off with my eyes, I'd have all said, of Meade's substitution. Today was 60 minutes, and next time we'll see. It's a huge step in her return to play by starting a game. It gives us a really important tool at this point of the season, and we can see that we have great competition in our forward positions." Before her injury, Meade had just completed her best season with Arsenal, scoring 11 goals and assisting with eight others in 2021-22. Lest we forget, she also, in the summer of 2022, was a critical player in the England Lionesses' victory in Euro 2022, where she won the Golden Boot and Player of the Tournament after she led the goal-scorers' charts, scoring six goals, which helped the England women win their first major title. The Arsenal women extended our unbeaten run to nine games with a solid 3-nil win over West Ham United in the Women's Super League. Freida Monham opened the scoring after only two minutes played for Beth Mead bagged a brace, her first goal since returning from injury. Looking to keep pace with Chelsea at the top of the table with a sixth straight WSL win, our Gunners hosted the Hammers on a brisk Sunday afternoon at Meadow Park. We kicked the game off strongly, Steph Catley and Caitlin Ford combining well down the left flank, and this work led to an early corner. It was from this set-piece that our dream start came in the opening two minutes. Frida Manum with a delightful chip from outside the area, and this was our Norwegian's second WSL goal in as many games. We proceeded to dominate the game across the park. Cairo Cooney Cross showed our quality at the base of midfield, weaving between West Ham players before playing a through ball to Alessio Russo. Russo's resultant attempt on goal was on target but was a little too far out to trouble Walsh. Lala Wobin-Moy on her return to the side was rock solid at the back alongside Amanda Illestat to keep the visitors at bay. But the first half belonged to Beth Mead, who became only the second player in WSL history to reach 100 goal involvements. Vivian Medima is the only other player to have done so. Our number nine scored her first goal back from injury in style, curling the ball to double our lead, and Beth soon got her second before halftime thanks to some spectacular play and determination from Alessio Russo at the byline. The Hammers did start the second half with more spirit than the first 45, but our back line stood firm under pressure. Manuela Zinsberger recorded a second clean sheet in a row, making a series of solid stops between the post. Our Gunners grew into the second half, and substitutes Vivian Medema and Chloe Lacoste came close to extending our lead, but the 90 minutes ended 3-0. After a two-week international break, our Gunners will be back with a massive top-of-the-table clash against Chelsea. 50,000 tickets have already been sold for the fixture, which will be held at the Emirates Stadium. You can get yours and learn more at Arsenal.com. Our Gunners nabbed three points on the South Coast in a 2-1 win over Southampton in the Conti Cup. A record crowd of 13,438 packed into St. Mary's Stadium on Thursday evening as Amanda Illicit's last-minute winner broke the Saints' hearts. A much-changed side lined up against the Saints, with nine players coming into the starting eleven after Sunday's win over Brighton and Hove Albion. In the game's first chance, Chloe Lacoste danced her way into the penalty area and laid the ball at Lena Hertig, whose curling effort wasn't far away. Hertig had had a lot of joy in the left wing in the first half, with her speed and physicality causing trouble for the Saints' back line. Catherine Cool took up her pace alongside captain Leo Walti in a double pivot, and the pair dictated play from the middle of the park. Both Alessio Russo and Freedom Monom came close in the opening 15 minutes, but a lack of originality and rhythm up front meant that Kayla Rendell wasn't truly threatened to the Southampton net throughout the first half. Idoval made two changes at the break, introducing Amanda Ilestat and Caitlin Ford into the tie in the hopes of breaking the deadlock. It was the host who struck first in the 55th minute, however, Molly Pike wrong-stepping Jen Bitty before hitting a rocket past Sabrina D'Angelo. The goal became the lightning rod to shock our team into action. Less than five minutes later, Monom struck with a short-range bullet to bring us back level. After the equalizer, however, the game settled back into its earlier lethargy, and neither side looked especially likely to score again. Vivian Medema and Katie McCabe came off the bench late in the second half as our gunner sought a winner to avoid a penalty shootout. It was Amanda Illeset who proved to be the hero in the dying minutes of the game, heading home to earn us three points. The win moves us into second place in Group D just behind rivals Tottenham Hotspur on goal difference. Our next Conte Cup fixture is against Spurs on December 13th. Arsenal forward Beth Mead has returned to the England squad for the first time since rupturing her ACL last November. Mead, who was the Golden Boot winner and player of the tournament when England won the Euros in 2022, ruptured her ACL in a home game against Manchester United last year. England coach Serena Wigman said, of best recall, she showed enough for me and to my technical staff to bring her in. It was a nice phone call. She was very happy. Beth has not played for her country since a 4-0 win over Japan last November. She's joined in the England squad by Arsenal teammates Lata wolben Moy and Alessia Russo for UEFA Nations League games against Netherlands at Wembley and Scotland. Netherlands have called up Victoria Polova and Vivian Medima, who is back in training after missing the last two games with a knock. It's the international break for women's football, and there are 20 of our Arsenal women out on international duty over the coming week. They will be competing in the UEFA Women's Nations League 2023-24. With two matches left in most of the groups, here is the lowdown on how qualifying is shaping up for our gunners on duty for their national teams. The winner of each group in League A, the top division, advanced to next year's finals tournament, where the two finalists will qualify for Paris Olympics 2024. If France, who have already qualified as they are the host, are in the final. The winner of the third place playoff will reach the Olympics. There are five Arsenal women in Group A1. Representing the Netherlands are Vivian Medima and Victoria Polova, and representing England are Beth Mead, Alessia Russo, and Lata Moy. The Netherlands are looking comfortable at the top of Group A1. Team Great Britain will be at next season's Olympics if England reaches the Nations League final. But after losing away to the Netherlands and Belgium, Serena Wigman's Lionesses may not top Group A1, even if they win their final matches against the Netherlands and Scotland this week. The Netherlands will face England's Lionesses on the 1st of December at a packed Wembley stadium. And there are two Arsenal women players in Group A2. Representing Norway is Frieda Monum. Norway are in relegation to contention sitting at the bottom of their group. Representing Austria is Manuela Zinsberger. Only Austria can topple France at the top of Group A two. There's only one Arsenal women player in Group A three, and that's Catherine Kuhl for Denmark. The Danes are sitting top of their group and can reach the finals with a win over Germany on the first of December. There are six Arsenal women in Group A four. Representing Spain is Lea Codina. Representing Sweden are Stina Lena Hertig, and Amanda Illestet, And representing Switzerland are Lea Walti and Noelle Moritz. In Group B1, Katie McCabe's Republic of Ireland secured promotion to League A with two matches still to go, after beating Albania 5-1 in October, the one where Katie McCabe scored a hat-trick. Elsewhere, we have another five Arsenal women on international duty in Canada. Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford, and Cairo Cooney-Cross will represent Australia, as they take part in two friendly against Canada, who have two gunners in their camp, Chloe Lacoste and Sabrina D'Angelo. The Netherlands versus England match on the 1st of December at Wenley has got to be the most anticipated, particularly with two of our biggest Arsenal stars, Beth Mead and Vivian Medema, returning to international duty. Serena Wiegman has picked her squad for England women's next two games against Netherlands and Scotland, and Beth Mead has finally received a call-up to get back to playing football for her country. Meade has been a huge loss to the England women's squad since picking up an ACL injury last year, seeing her miss out on the long-awaited Women's World Cup and also club football. Coming back gradually from her injury over the past few months, Meade looks to have built up enough strength to finally get the call back up to the England squad, missing out on the last few international games due to Serena not feeling like she was 100% ready for it. But Arsenal fans, and I'm sure England women fans everywhere, were stoked to see Meade's name in the list of players expected to play in early December. A huge achievement for Mead after such a long, hard journey back, missing out on a lot of things, to finally come back and play for her country will be a massive boost for her confidence, and just her mental health, in general. Serena sat down with the media to discuss her team selection, and was asked how good it was to be able to make the call to Mead, and tell her she was selected, and if Meade had called and told her she was okay with this. "'No, she did that months ago,' said Serena. "'Of course, it was really nice.' She's played minutes, she's in a good place while she's still building too, but yes, it was a very nice phone call, and she was very happy. Then asked what type of conversation Serena had had with Arsenal over bringing Mead back into the fold, and said this, We've had conversations all the time. So we had conversations before and after the September camp, and we did the same in October too, because she was already fully training and getting some minutes. And she also added, But I just wanted to see a little more, and that's what we've seen now. Her health is really good, so she can just go. She has shown in games that she's in a good place, and of course, we want her to keep growing and improving, but she's shown enough for me and my technical staff to bring her in. Which is nothing but positive news for both England, Arsenal women, and Beth Mead herself. A huge hole has been gaping in the England women's squad, and Mead has been a huge loss for them, especially in the World Cup. But finally, we get to see her back on one of the biggest stages, doing what she does best, play football. Arsenal midfielder Leo Walty says the level of support behind the club on the terraces and behind the scenes were two major factors in her decision to sign a new contract in the spring. The Swiss international captain joined the club from Turbine Potsdam in 2018, but admitted that, at the age of 30, she had to think carefully about extending her deal with Arsenal. Arsenal are routinely breaking attendance records and have built a vibrant fan culture around games, with tomorrow's game at Southampton set to break another record attendance for the home team. All five of Arsenal's away games this season have led to record attendances for the home team. The support this season has been incredible, Waltie tells Arsblog News, and I think we've built something huge with the Arsenal family over the last couple of years. I came here five or six seasons ago, and we rarely sold out Meadow Park then. It is incredible how we are selling out every game, too. It shows so much about this club and the support around it, and the club is making all the right steps to let the women's game go. Walty, known affectionately as Wally to her teammates, says the explosion of support for Arsenal Women recently was a major factor in her decision to extend her contract. That was one of the main reasons I wanted to stay here and be a part of the club. You can feel that as a player, that women's football is a high priority here, and I'm so glad the fans can see that and that they want to be here and support us no matter where we play and who we play against. Arsenal are the common denominator in the record attendances they have been party to in their away games during this campaign. And Waltie says that level of support makes a difference on the field. To be honest, she says, It does make it feel more like a home game. The game we had in Bristol. All I could hear was the Arsenal fans. They're very loud. So even when we have away games, it feels like a home crowd. It's great for the women's game. Our generation was used to playing in front of a couple hundred people. Now we have big crowds pretty much every weekend. And it gives us such a huge boost on the field. It is great to celebrate with the fans when we score. And hearing them when they want us to score. It makes it so much more fun. During the 2021 season, when fans were not allowed to the stadiums, Leah was very open at the time that the sterile atmosphere games were played and had an impact on her motivation. A sentiment she repeated today. We had that big difference during COVID when we had no fans, and none of us had that feeling that we have with fans. It felt empty and not as important without them. To have them, and it growing so, so much, home and away, it's it's very noticeable. The player says it has contributed to a family feel around the club, which has informed her decision to stay in North London. I'm quite a loyal person to clubs, so if I feel at home, then I don't want to leave. From the first day at Arsenal, this felt like a place I could imagine myself for many years. When you're at my age, there was a decision to be made last season, and there were other options, but at the same time, I knew the, what I have here, and I can feel the growth, not just in the league, but in the club. I can feel new challenges every day with new teammates, and this season is probably the perfect example. We have a great battle in midfield with so many different and talented players, so this is something that has challenged me, and everyone around me. That was one part. At Arsenal, I can keep developing my game, but the growth of the club, and the club support of the women's game, and the facilities we have here, you just want to be a part of it. I didn't want to miss out on anything here, because I think there's so much more potential to reach. We have the right people here at Arsenal to make the steps, and the fan base is huge. There are other great leagues in Europe, and outside Europe, that would maybe be great to play in, but at the same time, here, we have every weekend great stadiums, great crowds, and this is something we have worked for our whole career, we have it now, and nothing can replace that. That made it an easy decision for me, because this was what I was always dreaming about as a kid. What's great about Jonas all is that he isn't hesitant to add quality to his squad. He had a fantastic transfer window this summer. Leia Vodina, Amanda Illestat, Chloe Lacoste, Kyra Cooney-Cross, and Alessia Russo were all signed. These five newcomers have already demonstrated class and have impressed thus far. Arsenal's women's team is stronger than ever, and Jonas Edebel has a lot of options for his team. Last season, injuries hampered the Gunner women, and important players were forced to miss crucial games, which was frustrating. That said, the winter transfer window will be here before we know it. All eyes will be on who Idaval adds to his team in order to improve his chances of winning the WSL. Charlotte Grant, a fullback for the Australian Matildas and Vidso GIK, has already been identified as a potential January arrival. Idaval appears to have taken notice of the 22-year-old. The Swedish tactician must be looking at the fact that the Arsenal defender is good with both feet and feels she might come in handy if, once she joins, injuries strike at defense. He must regard her as a McCabe-like player, capable of having the same impact on his squad. It remains to be seen whether Arsenal will make a bid for the Grant based on their current interest. I hope they do because there will be another fantastic player joining the band to help Arsenal continue their rebuild as they strive to have the best squad in the WSL. The Matildas head coach complimented Grant earlier this year, implying she's the type of player with a grit who's very committed and what every team needs. Look at Charlie Grant's journey, said Gustafsson as per the women's game. She had zero caps when I came on board. Since day one, when she struggled a bit at international football, which is natural because the tempo is much higher than she used to, she's shown the right mindset and really represents a lot of things in this team, the grit. She was put in the stands at Swedish club Rosengard, not even in their game day roster. And then she loaned out to Vizio. Yet look at what she does now against England away, that grit and commitment to always get one day better. I'm so happy for her and she represents a lot of what this team stands for. I knew if I wanted to win trophies, Arsenal was where I had to be. An blog exclusive interview by Tim Stillman with Arsenal women legend Marianne Spacey-Kale. Last Thursday evening, Arsenal took on Southampton women in the Conte Cup at St. Mary's. It was the first ever official meeting between the two teams. There have been other women's teams with the Southampton nomenclature, but they were not affiliated to Southampton FC. In the dugout across from Jonas Eidebal, was Saints boss Marianne Spacey. Spacey is one of the finest players in English women's football history, and that being the case, naturally, she spent nine years of her playing career at Arsenal, scoring 79 goals in 86 appearances. Spacey signed for Arsenal in 1993, at the dawn of the Arsenal revolution as the Gunners dominated women's football. She is also, at the heart of it, a big part of Tim Stillman's origin story with Arsenal ladies. Tim first went to watch a game at Highbury around 1996 or 1997 against the Millwall Lionesses, and Spacey was just head and shoulders above every other player on the pitch. Initially, she was the reason Tim kept returning. Tim asked Spacey how early in life she recognized her talent, and she answers that she wasn't the first to spot her talent. According to my family folklore, when I was just two years old, my great-granddad said I would play for England one day, she told Artsblog News. I always just played. As soon as I could walk, I was kicking a balloon around the house or around the grass area outside where we lived. I was always playing football in the playground with the boys at school. I was in a netball team, and a few of us started kicking the netball around like a football, and we started a -a five-a-side team. I was just very sporty. I did every sport I could. I wasn't academic. Mary Ann came to a crossroads as a teenager. I had a choice between playing for England U-16s hockey or playing football for Friends of Fulham FC, and I chose football, and here I still am. Spacey would join Fulham FC in 2002, when they became the first women's team in the UK to become full-time professionals, an experiment that unfortunately proved premature. I signed for Friends of Fulham when I was 13, but we were the nearly team. We nearly won the league a few times, we won the FA Cup once, but lost some finals. My decision to go to Arsenal was because I wanted to win those trophies. Spacey had dalliances with football abroad earlier in her career in Finland and Italy. I played the summer season for HJK in Helsinki, and that tied me with a season in England. HJK released me for England training camps, which is what I wanted. Her spell in Italy was somewhat less ideal. I joined Lazio, but I came home after four days. It just wasn't what they said it would be, and they wouldn't guarantee release for England training camps, and that was the most important to me. I am still comfortable with that decision. As with most Arsenal legends, It was a conversation with Vic Akers that steered her career towards North London, and she knew immediately that the club was on the cusp of a golden era of dominance. I knew Vic because of everything he'd done around women's football, how he and David Dean spoke about what they wanted to achieve, and how they were going to invest, not just financially, but time and resources into it. I trusted them and believed in them. I thought, if I want to win trophies, this is the place I need to be. Vic and Mr. Dean persuaded a lot of players that this was the club to be at. Spacey says her and Akers, who achieved so much together, remained friends. To this day, we are in contact, and he's coming to the game on Thursday. I had a really good relationship with him. He was one of those coaches where we got to know him as much as he got to know us. When he wasn't happy, you knew he wasn't happy, but he always said his reason for that was because he wanted every player to be successful. He was driving us to be better. He always praised me when I was doing well. Spacey, who was in the England coaching setup before taking over Southampton in 2018, says that Aker's influence remains on her coaching career. I use a lot of what he taught me as a coach. For example, if he felt the session needed a little bit of lift, he would join in, try to score the winning goal in a small-sided game. He would bring that fun into it. Those were the things that made me smile in training, and I've really taken that. I still use a lot of the things he talked with me about. If Tim was being a little reductive in this, he might describe Spacey to those who hadn't seen her play as the Kelly Smith before the Kelly Smith for Arsenal and England. She was a withdrawn striker, and the best attacker in the country by some distance. However, Spacey's timeline crosses over with Smith, who'll also be across from her in the Arsenal dugout on Thursday evening. Spacey says the signing of Smith in nineteen ninety six was further evidence that Arsenal was the standout club in the country. We played against Kelly when we played for Wembley Ladies, and she was always special. When Vic signed her, we knew that there was real intent in terms of taking us to the next level. Even though she was so young, that's how good she was. That year, she joined us, I started the season with her before I went off on maternity leave. I think we scored something like 15 or 16 goals in the first 8 games. I would have liked to have continued that. She was an absolute talent with one of the best left foots ever. But she was also very humble. She must have known how good she was, but she never saw it in her demeanor. She worked so hard and wanted to keep improving. Although Spacey also says she was indebted to legendary right wing Kirsty Peeling, who, like Spacey, is immortalized on the new Emirates Stadium wrap. I have to give a shout-out here to Kirsty Peeling, who was one of the best wingbacks I have ever seen in women's football. Kirsty was technically and physically perfect and put the ball in a sixpence for me. She created as many goals for me as anyone else throughout my career. And Tim asked Marianne what her standout moment was in Arsenal's Colors. Well, I lost my dad six years ago. He was in the stand when we were playing Doncaster Bells in the League Cup Final in Cambridge. I hit one from about 30 or 35 yards I went in the top corner. David Dean was sat behind my dad and tapped him on the shoulder and said, I'm going to show that one to the boys. For my dad, that was a really proud moment. For some of the statue of David Dean to say that that was something I really appreciated. Especially with everything my dad did for me. Driving to see all my games. He look after my daughter when I was playing. To get that from David Dean was huge for him. The space he took the Southampton job in 2018, and the last few years had been a roller coaster for the Saints. They were unexpectedly unsuccessful in applying for license to join the championship, the women's second tier, in 2018, COVID twice denied their promotions as seasons were cancelled with Southampton sitting at the top of the table, and they eventually worked their way up to the championship in 2022. Spacey said of the original rejection of their application to join the championship gave them time to take stock. When I came to speak with Southampton, it just felt like we could really build something here, she explains. Originally, the plan was to be in the championship because we applied for the license, but we didn't get it. I could have thought, well, we haven't got the license, I'll do something else. Instead, I thought, we have something we can really build here. It's one thing I really learned from Arsenal back in the 90s. We had the backing of the club, and we were the team we wanted all women's clubs to look like. We used to not getting the license as a real driver. Now look at their proper five-year plan, and our five-year plan was to be in the championship. And now, we've created the next plan to get in the WSL. We are on target, but as each year progresses, we are always driving for what's next. This is not about immediate success. It is about building sustainable success. COVID gave us time to get the infrastructure right and have systems that look after the players and the staff. Sometimes, if you get thrown into something quickly, you do those as you go. On Thursday evening, Spacey insists she's keen for the limelight to be on the Southampton players. I had a fantastic time at Arsenal. I have great memories and played along some amazing players and staff. That will never change. But Thursday is all about the players at Southampton. It's not Marianne, I guess, to Arsenal. It's about our players and stepping up and just enjoying playing against one of the best teams in Europe. And just giving us a gauge to see where we are. How close are we to that level? How far away are we? This is about the players testing themselves, so I will be in the background. Marianne may have the wish to be in the background in the game of Southampton versus Arsenal, but when it comes to the history of Arsenal women, she is far more a Mount Rushmore figure who is very much in the foreground. <laughs> This has been a recording by Arsenal Audible. All credit goes to the original authors. Thank you for listening.